welcome. It's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than the incomparable Sharon Reed, host, commentator, and contributor to TYT Sports. Fascinating content, make sure you check it out. Top story of the day, Donald Trump also being investigated for a last minute attempt to hold on to power during the final days of the White House under his leadership. It looks as if there was a meeting and this meeting may have been a significant violation of law, constitution and democracy. Let's put up the picture of the guy leading the investigation, Jack Smith. Enemy number one to Donald Trump according to his own narrative. Special counsel Jack Smith and his team, they have now signaled a continued interest in a chaotic Oval Office meeting that took place in the final days of the Trump administration. During which the former president, Donald Trump considered some of the most desperate proposals to keep him in power over objections from his own White House counsel. Let's put up the man of the hour. Suspect number one currently has roughly 80 criminal indictments against him combined between Manhattan and the Department of Justice. He will be indicted again by Fulton County in the state of Georgia. And I predict the DOJ is going to indict him possibly two more times. Multiple sources told CNN that investigators have asked several witnesses before the grand jury and during interviews about the meeting. The meeting that took place right before he had to exit, which happened six weeks after Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. Some witnesses were questioned about the meeting months ago. Remember, this is under oath and if you lie, that is a crime. While several others face questions about it more recently, including Rudy Giuliani. Let's put him up, last month for two consecutive days. Giuliani sat down with investigators for a, let me say it, voluntary interview about a range of topics, including the December 2020 meeting that he attended. According to the sources, prosecutors have specifically inquired about three outside Trump advisors who participated in the meeting. Former Trump lawyer, Sidney Powell, one time national security advisor, Michael Flynn, and former Overstock CEO, Patrick Byrne. That's according to the sources connected to this scenario. Byrne responded to CNN's reporting on Twitter early Friday morning, tweeting, quote, hi, Jack Smith, I take all responsibility. Best of all, with my edict memory, I, I dig memory, I can tell you amazing detail about it. Parrot-like, say some, call collect, I'm here to help. Giuliani's lawyer, Robert Costello, declined to comment. A lawyer for power declined to comment, as did a lawyer for the former CEO of Overstock. All of them are quiet. Both Powell and Byrne previously spoke at length under oath about the meeting and other topics to the White House committee that investigated the January 6, 2021 attack on the US Capitol. Flynn declined to answer questions in his committee interview by asserting his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination. And as his leader would say, only those who are guilty 
take the fifth. There's more. The special counsel's sustained interest in the chaotic episode comes as Smith's team appears to be nearing charging decisions in the investigation in efforts to overturn the election results. Investigators are still gathering evidence, reaching out to new witnesses in recent weeks and working to schedule interviews. During the heated Oval Office meeting on December 18th, 2020, outside advisors faced off with top West Wing attorneys over a plan to have the US military seize voting machines in crucial states that Trump lost. They also discussed naming Powell as special counsel to investigate supposed voter fraud and Trump invoking martial law as part of his efforts to overturn our very democracy. Shouting and insults ensued. The night ended with Trump tweeting that a coming gathering in Washington DC on January 6, 2021 to protest the election results will be wild. Among the witnesses questioned by the special counsel's team was former National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, who told the January 6 House Select Committee that he was patched into the December 18th meeting by phone after it had already devolved into a screaming match between Flynn, Powell, and White House lawyers. That's according to a transcript of the deposition released by the panel, it is official. Details about the subsequent secret grand jury testimony and closed door interviews illustrate how the special counsel and his prosecutors are looking at the various ways Trump attempted to overturn his electoral loss despite some of his top officials advising against it. The consistent emphasis on the December 18th Oval Office meeting appears to overlap with the special counsel's broader effort to home in on the actions of several lawyers connected to Trump and their allies during the period from December 14th to January 6, 2021. The December 14th date is of particular interest to prosecutors, according to CNN. On that day, slates of alternate Republican electors in seven key battleground states signed certificates falsely asserting Trump had won. Also that day, members of the Electoral College met in all 50 states to officially cast their ballots, declaring Joe Biden the winner with 306 electoral votes to Trump's 232. Investigators have focused efforts to recruit the illegitimate electors, have them sign certificates falsely asserting Trump had won, and then use them as a pretense to pressure the then Vice President Mike Pence to delay certification of Biden's Electoral College win on January 6th. At least one witness was told or has told prosecutors in recent weeks the Trump allies requested that Pence to question the legitimacy of Biden's electors in those seven states based on unfounded claims about widespread voter fraud and kick the decision of certification back to the states themselves, one source says. So let me explain the strategy. Now, I've been able to determine 14 different 
strategies launched by the Trump administration to overturn the very democracy that put him there. Only one of those strategies was actually legal, all of the others were illegal. The reason why the timing dynamic was important is because if the vice president does not certify within that time frame on January 6th, based on the wording of the constitution, you have now gone into a constitutionally undefined territory. Meaning, once that time elapsed, there is no provision in the constitution that says what should happen next. That makes it undefined in the constitution. But that is the perfect place for somebody like Trump to declare martial law, to declare executive action, to declare remedies that do not fit the spirit nor form of democracy we have. But he wanted that undefined space. A delay from Mike Pence would have created it. That is why also he called, in my opinion, for the assassination of Pence. Once it was known that Pence was going to sign and certify the Electoral College, he tweeted that Pence has betrayed us only after he was told by Secret Service that a mob was yelling, hang Mike Pence. Why? Because if Mike Pence is immobile, if Mike Pence has been restricted or dare I say dead. He does not have the opportunity to certify those results and it goes to the place of undefined constitutional territory. I think that is the genesis and will be the conclusion of this particular investigation. Sharon, a lot of there, there. This man corrupt to the core, we've been saying it for years. Now the expression of it comes full circle, what say you? What you laid out is chilling. It's also the MO of a dictator, Hugo Chavez, someone else who tricked both the rich and the poor into believing his rhetoric instead of his policies. I don't think it's a stretch that he would have preferred Mike Pence to either do his bidding or perhaps die. I think we have to pay attention to that, Dr. Ritchie. This is so serious and I don't know that we yet all these years later have a full grasp of what he was up to. I agree 100%, I think 20, 30 years down the line, we're gonna continue to hear some of the most extreme stories from this administration and their activity. All right, a judge, a judge is under investigation for lip syncing to Busta Rhymes and Nas, put him up full mass. This is not an SNL skit, this is real. According to the New York Times, Judge Gary N. Wilcox is under investigation via New Jersey's Advisory Committee on Judicial Conduct, which reveals that Judge Wilcox used a particular name to share nearly 40 videos between April 2021 and March 2023. At least 11 of these videos were considered inappropriate and brought uh, disrepute to the judiciary according to the agency. The videos he posted on TikTok were of him rapping to Nas, get down, bust the rhymes, touch it, Rihanna's jumping others. The account has since been removed from the platform. So let me give you some background, Will Cox in the complaint is accused of displaying, quote, poor judgment, 
by posting the videos. He also, quote, demonstrated disrespect for the judiciary and an inability to conform to the high standards of conduct expected of judges. The complaint states he's slated to face a hearing which could result in discipline against him. Robert Hill, his lawyer, argued, according to the Times, quote, I don't think that at the end of the day, anybody is going to believe there was any desire to do any harm here. Hindsight is 2020. One of the videos reportedly featured Wilcox walking through his courthouse while another showed him in his judicial robes. In one video, he's accused of standing up in the chambers and lip syncing. All my life, I've been waiting for somebody to whoop my ass. I mean business. You think you could run up on me and whoop my mic ass, end quote. The American Civil Liberties Union has since come to Wilcox's defense stating, Judge Wilcox is entitled to due process. As he goes through that process, there will be lots of significant issues raised about free speech and free expression. And what actually does impugn the nature or the stature of the judiciary. Now, I did some research on this. There is no what we call bright line rule. A bright line rule is a specific doctrine or let's just say protocol that says you can do A, but you cannot do B. There's no bright line rule here. It's basically anything that brings disrepute to the judiciary is in fact prohibited. Well, that's a very, very subjective standard. Because if I was on that particular committee, him rapping to Busta Rhymes and Nas, well, that brings great reputation to the court as far as I'm concerned. But depending on who sits on that committee, it becomes an issue. And if somebody else is on that committee, it is not. So you have this very, very subjective standard. There is no objective dynamic we can find. That's the reason organizations are defending the judge and looking at this to set precedent as an interpretation. But I will say this to New Jersey. You all have judges that have literally taken money to throw cases. You all have judges who have put children inside of jails and got a kickback from the facility that housed the children. You all have judges that say racist things outside of the bench. I have not heard of those judges being under your auspices of investigation. I will be sending you an email later today of those judges I just stated. Sharon, Buster Rhymes and Nas, is it a crime for a judge to simply recite good music? Not if he has rhythm, Dr. Richie. <laughs> I mean, and Buster just got a Lifetime Achievement Award, That's I right. believe, from BET. And we love him. We love Rihanna. Let's not leave her out. Uh, Judge Gary Wilcox is a G, okay? And I don't see anything wrong with it. In fact, this could work out in his favor. I believe Judge Mathis, who I adore, uh, is gonna have some competition out there. That I really so think funny. they'll be fantastic. Yes, that's that's who he needs to hire as his attorney, by the way. That's right. Judge oh, Mathis. brilliant. Yeah. Greg Mathis. All right, we have an update. Alabama man who was tased to death by Alabama police officers was accused of burglary, never, never committed such a crime. He's dead. Family is now speaking out. Let's put up the picture full mass. You have a photo here of Jawan Dallas, 
and also Christine Dallas. This was in downtown Mobile, Alabama. Jawan was killed by way of taser. Two police officers in Mobile, Alabama have been placed on administrative leave after using a taser on a 36 year old named Jawan Dallas who later died because they believed he was a burglary suspect, he never was. Dallas died after he was stunned twice by police officers and experienced a medical emergency. Civil rights attorney and my dear friend Harry Daniels is representing the family and says a request has been made to the Mobile Police Department for the body camera footage to be released. The Alabama Supreme Court has ruled that police are not required to release such video. On Sunday, July 2nd, 2023, at approximately 9.46 PM, officers responded to a residential burglary in progress at the 5413 Carroll Plantation Road within the Plantation Mobile Home Park. Upon arrival, the officers encountered two male individuals at the scene. The statement read in part, while attempting to identify one of the males, he immediately attempted to flee. The officers tried to apprehend the individual and he physically resisted. During the struggle, an officer used his taser to gain compliance from the subject. Now, remember, the narrative from the attorney is different from the narrative of the police, all right? We made that point yesterday. Authority said that the initial deployment of the taser failed to have an effect on Mr. Dallas, which led to the second deployment of the taser before a struggle ensued between the two. They explained that he tried to grab the taser away from the officer during the struggle, but the officer was able to regain control. A medical emergency occurred after Dallas was placed into custody and Mobile Police stated the officers followed protocol by calling for medical personnel. Dallas was then transported to a nearby hospital and pronounced dead at the hospital. The couple who reported the suspicious man outside of their gate at the plantation mobile home park said Dallas had nothing to do with it. Daniels, the attorney said that witnesses insisted that Mr. Dallas was 200 yards away from the home of the alleged burglary and was not one of the suspects who ran from the police upon their initial arrival at the scene. That wasn't the guy, that wasn't the guy that I called for. I called for a guy breaking in and coming onto my property, said the couple who requested to not be identified to Fox 10 News. That man begged him to stop, they just kept hitting him, just on top of him, pounding on him. It's just not right, what they done was wrong. Daniels and Dallas's mother and his stepfather held a press conference in front of the city hall in downtown Mobile Thursday morning. Now, let me remind everyone of the contrary narratives at play. According to witnesses and according to the law firm, individuals who saw this, those who experienced it, said that the man was tased, he hit the ground. He said, I have chest pains, I'm hurting. 
And then he was tased again, specifically after he indicated possible cardiac arrest. That comes from the witnesses, the law firm. However, the police report says there was running, there was a fight, there was an escalation, and then an arrest. And only after all of that did the medical emergency start to Alabama. This is very simple, released the damn footage. If your narrative is correct, and you believe your officers, as you have said in statement, follow protocol, release the video. There's more, I'm crushed at this moment that this would happen to my son. Jawan would give his last to help any and everybody. My son should not have left here this way, said Christine Dallas, the mother of Jawan. Dallas's stepfather, Phil Williams, insisted that his stepson was no burglar. You guys are supposed to be here to protect and serve, not destroy us. We know we can't have him back, but we want some justice for it. Look at him. Look at that smile, that smile on his face. This is not a burglar. We didn't teach him to burglarize, said Williams at the news conference. The Mobile Police Department said that the investigation remains active and updates will be provided as information becomes available. I want you to understand their context. When they say as information becomes available, keep in mind all information is already in their custody, all of it. Witness statements, police report, video evidence, the initial 911 call, all of that information is in their custody. They know everything right now. One year from now, they will not know more than they know today. But what they can do is utilize this time to spin a narrative, to get their ducks in order, to launch an affirmative defense, to provide negative, non-related information about the man who's dead. That is the game. Sharon thoughts here. It is the game and the fact that the Mobile Police Department is quote still investigating is a farce. Indeed, it is a farce. They've already ruled that the gentleman was given proper medical treatment, okay? So we we kind of understand where this is going. They're waiting for everyone to go to sleep so they can rubber stamp this as another case of a super Negro who beat up and resisted arrests against the police. That's exactly right. And this is why, based on what you just said, Sharon, which was very compelling. You said they're waiting for people to sleep, and that's true. And this is why there's an attack on wokeism. They don't want people to be woke. Those who oppose you being woke simply would like you to be asleep. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these amazing comments. And we appreciate everyone who joins the conversation. I don't have time to read every comment, but I try to get to um, as many as possible. All right. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I think this is America needs a reboot, says. Do you think of Trump's brain hair scheme actually worked? That he would actually get away with it? Question mark. And the truth would have never come out. Possibly, yes. 
Winston Sayer. When I'm right, I'll write it on the wall and catch up. Talking about the post-election meeting. And we we knew, we just didn't know like who was in the room and what was actually discussed. <sighs> Some of this stuff has come out. All right, double doser, remember for five months, Tanda B, yay Sharon. I was worried I wouldn't get my fix in this week. I adore her and join you to follow her. You are a very close second doc, love you both. <laughs> I can always be a close second to Sharon, that's a high compliment. All right, Ron Penniman, welcome to Disputable Ron. Thank you so much for joining. And I got time for one more, James underscore, good grief. Was typical involved, LOL, okay. Got something for you, ladies and gentlemen. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel great. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Go ahead. Yo! Come on, please. Yo! You're doing it around in short time. Everyone filming, man. What's wrong? Wow, let's put up the picture. You see two pivotal moments happen here. First, the individual who stopped him from running to get to wherever he was trying to get to may have saved those passengers even more headache, turmoil, whatever. And then the second guy in the blue shirt, who basically got up and said, F this, and took the individual directly to the ground. We don't have much information about the context of this particular scenario, but we are asking for those who may have been involved to contact me, contact us, give us insight as to what happened prior. We're living in a time, ladies and gentlemen, where we can't just assume that somebody who is acting in that manner is not going to harm someone else or possibly do something to the entire craft, aircraft, bus, train. So I get it. And I think the individuals who stopped him without any context were appropriate. All right, Sharon, thoughts on this? Thank God a football team was on the plane apparently <laughs> sitting in first class, some of them. I don't know what to make of this, but I'm glued to, I have it on loop on my own monitor. This wow. is stunning. And I yeah. would have thought as a passenger that they're going to take the plane to the ground. Yeah, you definitely will, your mind automatically will go to the worst case scenario or something like that, given a split second to respond. So big ups to the passengers who got involved quickly. All right. Absolutely. That's something for you, double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're, you're I feel great. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Sitting on your shoulder right now. No, it's not. 
Just because your neck is short, it's sitting on your shoulder. It's not. It is. It's not. It is. I told you how I wanted it. And that's how I cut it. And that's how I cut it. Exactly. It's ugly. Okay, that's fine. Shut the door. The air conditioning's on. I'm not shutting the door. Shut the door. The air conditioning's on. I'm not. The police are on their way. Shut the door. The air conditioning's on. Yell at me again. My bill. I don't care. today. I don't care. Put Do you think I'm going to put my hands put on you? Put your hands on Take me. that out of my face put because I'm literally going to punch you. Put your hands on me. No. Put your hands on me. No. Do you not see the way she's treating me? Do you see this? Do you see Are yours? you serious? It's ugly. Sweetie, you need mental Baby. help. Please. You really do. I'm going to beat the out of her. You need mental help. Move her because I'm going to I want to see the police take you out of here. I don't. No, I'm not. I'm outside. Can you stay right here for a quick second, please? They don't pay for your haircut. I'm paying for Why? It looks ugly. Okay. Let me tell you what this was about according to the narrative. Let's put up the picture for math. Uh, This was about a haircut. Now, she received a haircut and he received a haircut. Or maybe he just received a haircut and she was simply paying for the haircut. One of those scenarios. But upon seeing the haircut of her her boyfriend, she did not like it. She said his haircut was ugly and refused to pay for the haircut. Now, seemingly in the video, he's okay with the haircut, even if he may not be happy with the haircut. And then naturally you see the rest of the story. Um, I'm going to say this, people who are in the hair care industry, well, they've experienced things like this before it happens. It's unfortunate because even if they get it wrong or maybe a little off, um, they've still put in that work. And typically you still will pay for that service. Now, maybe you choose not to tip. Maybe you choose not to come back. But to simply flat out say, I'm not going to pay anything or walk away. Especially when it seems as if the other person is okay with the haircut they received. Well, that'll land you right here every time. Uh, that person who did the work deserves that money. All right, share your thoughts. Uh, my initial thought is, wow, even she has a boyfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then after that, I started thinking, I thought it was about her as well because you hear the hairdresser talk about it sitting right at your shoulders. And my next thought was, how much could a Kate plus eight haircut cost anyway? Are, yeah. are they really doing this? Really? Yeah. Pay the money and just move on. And for the boyfriend, I now question, what what are you doing still? Well, you know. Yeah. You know, I kind of had that thought myself. All right, breaking news, looks like there's a video. Britney Spears, according to her camp, was backhanded slapped by a security guard of a very popular NBA team. However, new information has emerged to suggest that it was Britney Spears who slapped herself. You can't make this up. Let's go to the video, here it is. 
Okay. All right. So this is leading up to it. TMZ was able to obtain this footage. We do believe more footage exists. According to the Associated Press, no charges will be filed. And here it is. Okay. From that angle, it's difficult to make out every detail. Saying a person slapped you, but you slapping yourself, completely contrary details, right? Let's look at it from here. Okay, all right, let's put it at full mass. This was an interesting development yesterday. As I said yesterday, we were simply receiving information as it was coming in. According to the Associated Press, no charges will be filed. Following the very brief investigation of the altercation involving uh, Britney Spears uh, and Victor from San Antonio Spurs, rookie uh, superstar and a member of the player security team, according to the Las Vegas police. Spears says that she was struck by a security guard. Let's put up the picture we had last, uh, excuse me, yesterday. So Spears says she was struck by a security guard as she tried to approach near the restaurant in Las Vegas. She tried to approach Victor near that restaurant, the casino complex on Wednesday night. According to one report, she actually grabbed him from behind. Spears filed a police report. Now yesterday it said her team filed the police report. According to this narrative, Spears filed the police report alleging battery. The Las Vegas Metro, Police department say this investigation is over. No charges will be filed against the person involved. Police say surveillance video shows Spears actually inadvertently hit herself in the face after her hand was pushed off of the NBA star. Which is he's scheduled to make his NBA Summer League debut for the Spurs in Las Vegas tonight, actually. The seven foot three French teen, number one pick of last month's NBA draft, is entering the league with as much acclaim as anyone since LeBron James in 2023. So we understand why she approached him, okay? Superstar, superstar status, careers beginning. He has the world ahead of him. But here's what I don't understand. How do we go from a security guard hitting, assaulting Britney Spears to not only did he assault her, he did a backhanded slap in the assault to Britney Spears simply hit herself. Because after the incident, according to the camps, both, they met with each other. The security guard met with Britney Spears security team. And from that meeting, 
The Spears camp decided it was appropriate, this is according to the first narrative, to actually file an official police report. Well, that made it an official investigation. If you hit yourself, why did you do this? This is insane. I'm sure more videos available, um, it will come out because multiple angles have been submitted. However, the absolute, absolute detail is still not as clear, um, but according to Everyone involved, except perhaps Britney Spears, uh, this is a nothing burger. All right, Sharon, thoughts here. It's very strange. He yeah. is the number one player and all the promise that you alluded to. She ran up to him using a British accent, according to TMZ. Oh, wow. And after she hit herself, her glasses flew off. Not pleasant, but here's a man who is you know, gonna be the subject I'm sure of basketball wives soon. He has multiple groupies <laughs> chasing after him. And it's an unfortunate incident. Why you go file a police report after that, I I just don't understand it. That's the part, like, okay, you go on Twitter and you say, hey, something happened, it wasn't good. I don't wanna go into detail, uh, but I wasn't in the wrong, right? You can say something like that, but to file an official police report, which means yeah. you have to put a narrative in that police report. And it seems as if the narrative presented was contrary to the facts. I'm sure there's more to come out of this saga. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of comments, kind of press the time. Greyhound says, what is it with Karen's having these meltdowns on airplanes and in airports? And Mickey C, the silver hair dragon says, haircut Karen was screaming that her haircut was ugly. When you're ugly, a haircut won't make you beautiful. And by ugly, I don't mean looks, talking about on the inside, right? Okay, a ruling now has determined that white supremacist gangs inside of prisons can be protected under religious dogma. It's a damn shame, put it up full mass. Let me show you the new argument that has been somewhat successful. Michigan courts, Michigan courts recognize now Christian identity as an official religion in the Michigan state prison system. Let me give you background on the Michigan state and federal court decision. Michigan federal court has decided that Christian identity can now, can now, be recognized as an official religion in Michigan state prisons. After lawyers for two inmates successfully argued that their clients' religious beliefs should be welcomed like other faith philosophies. The decision, which was rendered on June 26, 2023, now allows for the Christian identity, which is a white supremacist organization, to be a legitimate religion. There's more. The two inmates argued that prison officials would not allow them to worship or conduct Bible study by themselves or have special dietary options that align with the Christian identity. Quote, if something is deemed a legitimate religion entity, then any action taken by the government against the religion must survive what we call a strict scrutiny analysis, said attorney Sarissa K. Montage. The plaintiff's lawyer said, and I quote, her client's access to religious freedoms 
were restricted by the government because it did not believe in the tenets of faith. The lawyer for the plaintiff added that they basically said they find this religion to be very dangerous. And they did not present any options for allowing that religion to conduct its services. They simply said, you can't do anything and the courts found that you can't do that. Adding that you have to prove or give reasons for why the actions should not be permitted. Uh, Let's talk about federal courts and advancing hateful theology. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, Christian identity is an anti-Semitic racist theology that rose to a position of commanding influence on the racist right in the 1980s. Christian in name only, it asserts that white people, not Jewish people, are the true Israelites favored by God in the Bible. The judges noted that while Christian identity is viewed as explicitly racist, all right, no ambiguity about that. Touting that only Caucasian people are God's chosen people is an actual, uh, it is an actual religion. The Justice Department uses criteria to determine a religion called the religious land use use and institutionalized persons act of 2000. The judges said that the plaintiffs satisfy the first two parts of the three part test. Let me give you the concerns. The concern was that their extremely racist ideologies would exclude others and validate violence in the name of their faith. The lawyers for the plaintiff said that their clients would allow people of all races and backgrounds to attend their worship services, wink, wink. Those things that they were able to prove to constitute Christian identity as a religion were able to trump its connection to white supremacist groups outside the prison setting that alone cannot fulfill the least restrictive means analysis. But the ruling, MDOC, can still seek an appeal and take it to the Supreme Court. If the highest court in the country does not hear the court, the decision will become state law. All right, let's count the ways here. Because I'm familiar with this particular analysis. Once again, not a bright line rule. It's basically a way to examine if something is actually a faith or religion, all right? They have rules. This particular group, they have rules, call them tenets. They have these codes of conduct. You know who else has rules? GDs, gangster disciples, Crips, vice lords, Kairu blood. Do you think they can successfully make an argument to a judge or a panel of judges? That their meetings, their literature talks, their groupings should be deemed a religious freedom. Hell no. Only in this context can a white supremacist prison gang be deemed religiously protected. Only in this context. It may go to the Supreme Court. But remember, the Supreme Court can simply ignore even if the appeal is filed. The Supreme Court of the United States is the ultimate court of appeals. If the state has the wherewithal, they will file the appeal, take it to the Supreme Court. But keep in mind, we're dealing with the Supreme Court that just gutted affirmative action, that took away 
the rights of women, this Supreme Court may very well rule that white supremacists are allowed to be considered a religion inside of prisons. Sharon, thoughts here. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And it made me say, okay, well, it's settled. Even in federal prison, white privilege reigns supreme, even when they're really white supremacists. And my question is, can Suge Knight go? They said anybody's allowed to go. Can we make sure Suge's in there too and some of his boys? That part. All right, Marjorie Taylor Greene, it is official. She has been kicked out of the Freedom Caucus, put up the picture for a mask. Isn't that something? Freedom Caucus representative Andy Harris told Politico that it's his understanding that Marjorie Taylor Greene is no longer a member of the caucus after it took a secret vote and decided to expel her last month. Harris also called it an appropriate action and cited her debt deal vote support of McCarthy and criticism of Republicans. Now, going to say this, when it happened, they kept it secret. They literally expelled her last week, I mean last month, excuse me. And we were trying to verify at that time if it officially happened. But the way they took the vote and their very secretive pack would not reveal it. So it seems as if now it has been exposed publicly. Uh, the expulsion of Green from the Freedom Caucus marks quite the falling out for the Trump loving Georgia Republican who gained notoriety early in her career for pushing bogus QAnon conspiracy theories, as well as pushing theories that the Rothschild family funded space lasers that were being used to set California forests ablaze. Green has been feuding with more of her fellow right wing Republicans lately over her backing of McCarthy, who has returned the favor by restoring Green to the committee assignment she lost when the previous Democratic led Congress voted to remove her from all House committees. So you may be wondering, what is the entanglement? I will explain in a minute. Green's alliance with McCarthy has not moderated her ideologically. However, as she remains one of the leading proponents of impeaching President Joe Biden. Green spoke about the feud with Lauren Boebert. Remember this, here it is. Uh, you accused your Republican colleague, Lauren Boebert, on the House floor of stealing or copying your impeached Biden resolution and then uh, called her a nasty little bitch. And I only use that word because you've confirmed it. Is this the media loving a cat fight? Because you haven't exactly shied away from this. Well, you know, I find it unfortunate that Lauren Boebert leaked that uh, conversation that we had to the press. Um, but once she leaked it out, I, I had to confirm that that's in fact what I said. Um, but here's the real issue. I've introduced articles of impeachment and each time I do so along with my other bills, I communicate with all of my Republican colleagues and ask for support by asking their co-sponsorship because I co-sponsor many other Republicans bills.
In order mm -hmm. to pass things on the House floor, we have to get 218 votes. And that means that we have to work together. I had asked her to co-sponsor my articles of impeachment against Joe Biden on the border, and she never responded and, and apparently refused to do so. Then when she introduced her own and forced them to the floor with a privilege resolution without even having the courage to talk to any other Republican in our conference before doing so, except Speaker McCarthy and, and apparently a few others. Um, yeah, we had a tense conversation when she confronted me about things I had said about it. But this is unfortunate that this becomes public on the House floor. Oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You see, the people she spoke to before doing it told her, F Marjorie, do it. We got your back. You haven't figured this out yet, madam, that this was a plan. They knew you would react the way you did. This was their way to get you to hell up out of the Freedom Caucus. It worked. Why? Because you're predictable. Sharon, thoughts? And would be boring on The Real Housewives. She doesn't even <laughs> understand to play the right. backstab. This is so easy. Uh, the only other thing I would say is the remaining members of the Freedom Caucus. I don't know why they don't just go 10 toes down. And to, what's the secret here? We kicked her out. Uh, we don't support her. We don't like her. The end. Yeah. And I really think the only lifeline she has is Donald Trump. That's the reason she supported McCarthy, contrary to the Freedom Caucus. That's the reason she broke ranks with uh, Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert in the beginning and supported McCarthy. And because of her loyalty to Trump, there's a sentiment that if they go hard against her, Trump is going to intervene. Which, by the way, I don't think he would. No. But, but there's a possibility, at least in the minds of those who oppose her. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Hello, story. So there's this individual who has been called a racist because of a particular. Well, song and dance routine. Looks like blackface, but there's an explanation to the reason she has on this particular makeup. Colleen Ballinger, better known on YouTube as Marinda Songs, is facing new backlash after an old video resurfaced showing what appears to be her in blackface singing the Beyonce hit Single Lady. So let me go to that first. Here it is. So it's gonna be really good, and it's one of my videos, and it really shows off how much you're both right. Okay, let's put up the picture. Now, you can see in this picture um, the makeup on her face. Um, 
appears to be green. There's a greenish tint to it. Some online are arguing that the paint on her face was actually because it was following a performance where she played Al Faba from Wicked. But the development only adds to other recent allegations against this particular performer. So that may have been very true about the reason why she had the makeup on her face. It was connected to a previous performance. There was not time to take it off. She had to come back to do this new performance and it looked like blackface. Then there are more details about other stuff, okay? Let's put it up, text messages. Text messages allegedly attributed to someone involved with her 2016 Netflix show, haters back off. Suggest that she made derogatory remarks about a black actor during auditions. According to the text, she allegedly commented, quote, where is he? Referring to the actor's darker complexion and poor lighting. While it's unclear exactly when the single lady's video was taken, but appears to have been recorded around 2017 or early 2018 based on the timeline of her Miranda Sings YouTube page per TMZ. Some comments suggest that the video was initially shared exclusively with those who purchased her book, My Dire He, and became public afterwards. She's also been accused of inappropriate behavior with young fans. The controversy as to the allegations of grooming behavior, where she reportedly requested to an underage fans question like, are you a virgin? And what's your fave position? In addition to requesting pictures of them in response to these claims, the YouTube star posted a peculiar apology video that featured her singing and playing the ukulele while attempting to explain her actions. Here it is. Hey, it's been a while since you saw my face. I haven't been doing so great, so I took a little break. So a lot of people are saying some things about me that aren't quite true. Doesn't matter if it's true though, just as long as it's entertaining to you, right? You guys having fun? All aboard the toxic gossip train. If you don't mind the gaps, I won't survive in the crash, but hey, at least you're having fun. Yeah, so there are videos online of her seemingly mocking the Hispanic culture, Korean culture, um, and others, all right? So this was an interesting development from something that may have actually been true in the beginning. It may have been very true that she was in that particular makeup because of a previous performance. Um, what seems to also be true are the other dynamics in the background that would lead one to believe you are either racist or racially insensitive or both. Sharon thoughts here. 
She has been allowed to really push her own narrative and she's not really been challenged. She's using her ukulele, by the way, as a weapon. <laughs> she is, <laughs> and she clearly has issues with race. And if the allegations are true, um, underage fans, and it's yeah. it's got to be dealt with, I guess. Um, you could just unsubscribe, might be just as easy. Yeah, I got to tell you, if there was um, a male performer that who part. said to underage girls, right, are you a virgin? What's your favorite position? Mm. That would mm. be a massive problem, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, this was a very scary situation for a young lady who is attempting to simply live, to exist. Um, white men came to her domicile, which is a converted bus, all right? In order to tell her to leave a public park area, not private property. Here's the first video. Please don't talk to me. Yeah, we're part of Vermont, Essex, Burlington. Please don't talk to me. You parked out in front of my house, what do you mean? This is the street of a public park That's right here. House. Okay, there's a, a park right here. Who the drives it? I do. By yourself with a dog? 100%. Keep on moving, man. I'm sorry, you leave me alone. What are you recording? You. You're in front of my house. I'm not in front of your house. There's a park right here. Thank you very much. Yes. So, so move on. Like, there's parking lots over here where you can go. Please leave me alone, sir. I'm going to call the police for you. Call the police. You're in front of my house, and you can record that shit all day. I don't give a who you think you are. Okay. Call them police. Come okay. on. I will. Call the police. I will. Thank you. You're in front of my house. Please leave me alone. Pancho, come. Please leave me alone. Get the f on. You don't belong around here. Why? Why don't I? Why, somewhere else. why don't I belong around here? For what reason don't I belong around here? How do you know I'm not from here? You're in front of people's houses right now. No, I'm not. There's a park right here, sir. Why don't why don't I belong around here? Where's where's public parking right here? Please tell me why. Please tell me why I don't belong around here. Listen, homie, move your van. Why don't I belong around here? That's all I'm gonna say. Just move your van. Why don't I belong here? Move your van. You can move on, sir. Please. Move on. All right, so after that back and forth, he leaves and returns with other men. Here it is. Great. Um, um the park. Oh, no, I there I'm calling to be um there's two men that are harassing me outside of my bus right now. I don't know what street I'm on currently. It's on a residential street with cars parked on the street in an apartment complex next to a park where I was playing with my dog earlier and I just was eating dinner before moving on.
put them up. Sir, in my opinion, you are such an effing coward. The incident happened in early June in Lockwood, Colorado. There has been no real updates to help us understand any fallout from this or individuals held accountable. From what we can gather, the man's identity appears to be unknown. The young woman, Diana, okay, is a virtual special ed educator who travels the country in a converted school bus with her dog, Concho. She vlogs her van life experience on TikTok and YouTube. After spending 11 months converting the old bus that you saw. Her last update on the situation was June 22nd. She shares the backstory, I want you to hear it, here it is. So just to clarify, I was parked on a public street parking. Um, I was parked in front of a city park. In the video, you can see the apartments towards the front of my bus, but what you couldn't see behind my bus was all the businesses that are there. But unless there's signage, I'm fully within my rights to park on a public street. Unfortunately, when I'm traveling through cities, it's not so glamorous and I have to rely on side streets, parking lots, Walmart, Cracker Barrel, Planet Fitness, places like that. Um, however, I'm always very respectful of locals and would never park in front of someone's house. And if he would have just came up and politely asked me those questions, we could have handled the situation like that. So I started recording the second time he came up to my bus. Uh, the first time I just came back in my bus from walking Honcho in the park and I was eating dinner and filling out report cards because I'm a teacher and it's the end of the school year. He was asking me typical questions that I get all the time because whenever people see my bus, they always ask questions because they're intrigued by it. But the second time he came back, he was clearly agitated, aggressive and filming my bus. So that's why I took my camera out to record. You could actually hear me on the phone with the 911 dispatcher when he came back with two other men and were harassing me while I was on the phone. They basically basically ended up telling me someone will call me back tomorrow or sorry that night or tomorrow whenever someone got around to it. I had called around 7 p.m. and I didn't get a call back until 7 a.m. the next morning and it was basically a lady just gathering all the same information that the 911 dispatcher uh, did and she ended up telling me that someone will call me back in two weeks. When I expressed my frustration, she asked what I would like have done differently and I told her an officer to come to the scene and she said, well, sweetie, there's a lot going on in the world and they were probably busy. When I called a few days ago, there was no detective assigned to my case still. Tomorrow, Friday, June 23rd is actually two weeks since the incident. Still haven't heard anything. So technically there really is no update. I've also been told by some friends that unless I have his name, nothing will really come of this, which is really disheartening because I'm still dealing with like anxiety attacks, living and traveling alone. Um, and he probably slept like a baby and isn't thinking anything of it. So Oh, he's gonna be thinking of it tonight. Put up his picture again. So if anyone knows the individual knows of him, uh, the young lady is looking for information so that she can do her complete report of what she felt to be harassing behavior. She has the right to do that. Let's put her picture up for a mass. Uh, Madam, I'm very sorry this happened to you. You did not deserve this. When he said you do not belong there, I think you know exactly what he meant. And it is unfortunate that individuals are still operating in such low vibration. All right, sharing thoughts here.
She seems lovely and interesting, like a children's yeah. story. She's just traveling the country, helping people with her dog Hunter. He, on the other hand, the bully with the awkward smile, what was that about? Throwing up gang signs and sunglasses is a bully. He's just a bully. And it's a shame that police, they're not going, I do want to let her know they're not going to be investigating this. Yeah, so hopefully we can push the needle a little bit in her favor. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Another mass shooting in the United States of America. Let's put the picture up full mass. Let me give you some background to this and an update. After a mass shooting in Baltimore, 28 wounded, two died. Aaliyah Gonzalez and Kailis Bajimi have been identified as the two victims that were killed. Baltimore police charged a teenager as a person of interest in connection with Sunday's mass shooting. City police announced late Friday morning charges filed against a 17 year old after officers executed a search warrant on the house. Among the 28 injured, an estimated 14 who were under the age of 18, noting that police were still trying to confirm victims age or victims ages. The shooting took place shortly after 1230 AM at the block party in Brooklyn Homes. This was an area south, this is an area south of Baltimore. An 18 year old victim was pronounced dead at the scene and a 20 year old man died later in the hospital. Hundreds of people were gathered in the area for an event called Brooklyn Day. A witness told local television station Fox 45. That witness described hearing 20 to 30 gunshots fired. There is a scenario or narrative that suggests there may have been more than one gun, a gunman involved in this. Details are still emerging. We come back to the reality of America, gun culture. Culture equates to behavior. That's how it works. You can never talk about a gun related crime without highlighting the culture of the United States of America. Guns, guns, guns. Once again, barriers, common sense reform, dynamics associated with how we operate and engage as people in this country. We will bring you updates as they come. Sharon thoughts here. We just want to live and we yeah. want our kids to live. We just want to be safe. So. Maybe some of this gun reform could come ahead of, I don't know, targeting the rapping judge, the lip syncing mm. rapping judge in New Jersey. We just want to live. That's right. Um, there are some people, Sharon, who believe that uh, the right to bear arms is what's called a natural right, which means at any age, you should be able to have a firearm, which is insane. So they're saying that a two year old should have a firearm or, or an 11 year old or, or a 17 year old. Make it these make things, sense. These things are contrary to decency and common sense. Can't make sense out of it. The teacher is suing because of what they've gone through. Teachers filed a lawsuit accusing the Ottumwa School District in Iowa of encouraging students racist behavior 
by failing to impose sufficient discipline for such conduct. Rose to the level that a lawsuit commenced. Robert Bender suing the Ottumwa Community School District in US District Court for the Southern District of Iowa and is seeking unspecified damages related to alleged harassment, discrimination, retaliation, violations of the Federal Civil Rights Act. Also named as defendants are Jerry Miller, a school principal, and Dana Wernicke, an assistant school principal. This is from the Iowa Capital Dispatch, the reporting. Now these are the defendants. What a mob, Jerry Miller and Diana Wernicke. Background on the teacher. Bender, who is black, began working for the district in July 2021 as a behavior instructor teacher and the high school's junior varsity boys basketball coach. Since then, he's also held the position of junior high school girls track coach. And he currently works for the district as a high school special education teacher. In his lawsuit, Bender alleges that from the time he first began working for the district in 2021, he has been the target of racially motivated abuse and harassment by students. In early September 2021, he alleges a student referred to him using the N word, while several coworkers witnessed the incident. They did not challenge the student's behavior, the lawsuit alleges. There were two more incidents, similar nature occurring in the weeks that followed. And after the matter was reported to Miller and Wernicke, the student who was involved was suspended for either a half day or a full day. What is the price of calling your teacher the N word? Few hours apparently. Over the next three months, the lawsuit claims Bender was routinely referred to by the same racial epithet uttered by different students in front of other district employees, administrators, and students. Bender also received sticky notes with racist messages written on them. According to the lawsuit, Bender reported the conduct to Miller and Wernicke. Matter was referred to the district's executive director of human resources who assured Bender such behavior would not be tolerated according to the lawsuit. It makes me chuckle when I read that. March 2022, Miller allegedly reassigned Bender from a behavioral teacher to an inclusion teacher for the 2022-2023 school year. Reassignment was reportedly because Bender had allowed a student to walk out of his class. Common occurrence in the district, the lawsuit claims. Same month, a student at a bus stop allegedly directed the N-word at Bender in front of staff and parents. And a few weeks later, used the word again in front of Miller. Student was not removed from the class and to Bender's knowledge was not disciplined. The lawsuit states Miller later told Bender that while he took no offense to the N-word, he understood why Bender would. It's your deal, bro. I don't, I mean, I guess I get it. Lawsuit alleges the defendants enabled students to harass and humiliate Bender throughout the student's severe and pervasive daily use of racial slurs and racially charged language. The district has denied these claims that they enabled harassment against Bender. The actions are so egregious and persistent as laid out by this lawsuit. I don't know what your defense is except well, this is Iowa and this is what we're doing here. I, I really don't. It's stunning to me that it's so brazen, but then I say, well, why are you stunned, Sharon? Because again, in certain communities, certain pockets, 
more than perhaps we'd like to admit. It is what it is, Rick. Uh, that it is. What I would say is we're gonna potentially learn a lot here. And I think the most important is as always, the receipts. These are allegations that are laid out in the lawsuit. If what he is saying is true, okay? And he went to a certain department to report all this. And then the two folks that you showed at the beginning of this segment did little or nothing to right or wrong. Um, he's going to win, it's fairly obvious in my opinion. Um, on top of this, it's showing his character that he was a sports coach. And yeah. then when they said, hey, <clears throat> excuse me, they said, hey, uh, we're gonna relocate you. He's working in the special education. Um, that shows me a lot. On top of this, um, the fact that, and there's one story that's crazy to me inside of the story, which is uh, students receive suspensions for calling a teacher, uh, body shaming a teacher and slamming a door. Yet when it comes to allegedly racial slurs being uttered in the direction of a teacher, there's a timeout where said teacher who was allegedly racially abused has to supervise them to then receive more mistreatment. And it seems like there is no recourse. There is nothing good happening out of this. So I'm just glad that he is bringing our attention to this. Because when it comes to small town America, and I've covered this many times over, these are serious issues that with the eradication of newspapers, mainly from conservatives and folks wow. like Sinclair, we're just not hearing a lot of these stories anymore. So it's very important. Wow, beautifully said. And this whole um, group think thing comes to mind because he can't have much support in this community. I mean, you heard the allegation in the law. I don't see what the problem is with the word, but I, I guess I get it that you know you're offended, whatever. <laughs> you know, cool story, bro. Um, the group think is enormous, and that kids, because even little bad kids who are saying these things, I actually don't think there are bad kids. I think they do bad things, but who puts them up to it? Who indoctrinates mm. them? Um, it's just a shame. I, I feel bad actually for the kids. This is wow. That's not who you came out of the womb as, it's who you became because of, yeah, all that. Sharon, always a pleasure having you on the program. Remind people of how they can follow you and check out your great work. Thanks so much, Doc, at Sharon Reed Live across all platforms. And you can also catch me on TYT Sports. Uh, another installment should be up now, so I hope everybody will check it out. Absolutely, all right, always a pleasure. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always, indisputable.